What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Bridging the Gap podcast. I hope you are all fantastic. I am doing great. Feeling really, really good today, um, which is a very, very change in my life because I've been feeling pretty rubbish the last few days. Um, I definitely noticed that, like, upregulation of food initially. Sorry, for those of you guys who don't know, I'm a goddamn bodybuilder. Um, after that first competition, as I put my food up, I'm hoping a lot of you know who I am and know what I'm doing. So anyway, as I put my food up after that competition, the first one, uh, the second one, sorry, in, in Padova, Italy, I felt great, a lot of food, um, and but now I've found equilibrium, and my body is like, yes, you're still very, very lean. Fuck off, mate. Get some body fat. <laughs> um, but otherwise, all is good with me. Um, let me put some visuals for you. I'm sat in my garden on a chair. I have a a soft blanket over my legs with a sheepskin underside. It's slate gray to keep my legs warm because I'm refusing to wear a jogger still. Um, I have an Alphalete hoodie on. I have a white 3D energy drink right here. Let me just ASMR the shit out of this. Goddamn slurp. You love the slurp. Um, it's gray. It's overcast. There's a few spots of rain, but you know what? We stay positive, we stay good, and we are happy. Um, and that's the main thing. So I've got a few things that I want to talk about today. I'm going into topics, and then I'm going to maybe do a story if I can think of one that's that's worthy enough for the podcast, as they've been pretty epic so far. Um, I just don't want to run out of epic stories. I've got to keep this podcast going for a few years yet, so I need to save some stories for, for later on down the line. Um, but there's some cool things that I want to touch upon. One is going to be uh, talking about light. One is going at all kinds of light, by the way, not just turning your, your switch. One is going to be why you're not cut out for bodybuilding. Um, and finally, we're going to talk about doing something passively versus doing something actively. Um, I think they're three different topics, but three very, very valuable topics nevertheless. Now, the first topic I want to talk about is going to be the power of light. Now, um, I'm very, very fortunate enough to work with a company called RA Optics. Now, this company provide blue light blockers, um, which essentially block out the blue light from artificial blue light, um, which we know can have an impact on our circadian rhythm and in turn the, the inhibition and the release of melatonin, which we know can help us get to sleep. Um, so I work with this company, they do some amazing glasses, the ones that actually work. If you're buying like the £15 pair of Amazon, they're probably not working, bros. I'm sorry. Um, so check out RA Optics, you can use Josh10 for discount, um, you can find any of my discount codes in the show notes. But they're an amazing company to support. They've actually got their own podcast, um, and they talk a lot about the power of light, but I'm going to briefly go into it. I'm not going to do it massive justice, I'm just going to kind of talk about a few things that I know. Um, and then if you've got any questions, we can kind of go off that, um, you know, later on in, in another podcast as I delve a little bit. I'll probably try and get the owners on here, actually, um, to talk a little bit more about circadian rhythm and the power of blue light. Because they can, they can get, do it justice, they can do it an amazing ability, um, for sure. So if we, if we take it back, let's take it back to the golden ages when we had no artificial light. There, there was only one light, and that was from the sun. Um, and, and it pretty much dictated everything, right? Sunrise, sunset, and it kind of gave us this natural cycle. And, and actually, the light from the sun is a huge dictator of our natural circadian rhythm. And our circadian rhythm is essentially just our natural life cycle and, 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 and release of hormones. It's like a 24-hour cycle. 
of the physiological processes in living beings, plants, all that kind of stuff. So we all have different circadian rhythms um, and they are endogenously generated, but they can be modulated by external cues. Um, for example, temperature and all that kind of stuff. So, so you can imagine um, back in the day when there was no light, how do people wake up? Uh, well, there was two main things that would affect the, when people wake up. One would be the obvious light. Um, does it get brighter? It tends to wake you up. The reason is, is because it kickstarts this circadian rhythm and it begins the release of hormones that will slowly wake you up um, and, and improve things again. Um, and then the other thing would be what comes with light, what comes with the sun when it's light heat and temperature so as the body starts to warm you would be pulled out of of your sleep and, and you'd go into a wake up um, i talk a lot about sleep tips and we know that in order to get to sleep into a deep sleep we need our body temperature to cool um, and all this kind of stuff so you can imagine doing the opposite would wake you up right so you know while before bed we're concentrating on um, keeping cool all this kind of stuff actually when you when you want to wake up you could do the opposite you know you could have timed blinds that come up at the right time you could have a timed fan or air conditioning that comes off and it slowly warms you up into into your waking period um and and and, and it is that that release of blue light and the rise in temperature that stops the melatonin secretion obviously the melatonin secretion is what helps you get to sleep and stay asleep um and Obviously, making that connection um, with the sunrise, blue light comes, the blue light inhibits and stops melatonin secretion. We then start to wake up and then our natural daily hormones will start to undulate. Um, but if we take that concept of what wakes us up, of blue light, da-da-da-da-da-da, we could flip it on its head and say what keeps us awake on the night, in the night time. So it's pitch black outside. Um, back in the golden ages we're already asleep because the sun has already dropped down melatonin release has already increased the temperature has already dropped so we're in this position where we go to sleep but obviously we're in modern day ages where we can control the temperature the light of every single fucking place we're in um so imagine it's 9 10 p.m you've got you're sat in your living room you've got the tv on you've got your phone next to you you've got all the lights in the living room on um, and you're just getting doses and doses of artificial blue light, which inevitably doesn't have the benefits of like vitamin D and, and different micronutrients, I call it micronutrients, different properties that the sunlight would have. We kind of don't have the, the positive properties of it. We just have the melatonin inhibition properties of normal light. Um, so we're sat basking in light, you know, an hour before you go to bed. You know, there is no melatonin release happening here, which is why a lot of people will have to supplement with melatonin because they're not getting that natural release because they're just submersed in blue light the whole day looking at your phone. What's the first thing you do when you go to bed? You check your, or, or, you know, you go on your phone, you flick through Instagram. You're literally getting doses, high doses of blue light to your eyes in a dark room. You know, you're just really, really inhibiting your ability to sleep. And using these these blue light glasses can 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 completely block out the blue light, but block out most of the light would be much more safe to say. And can really help you. I don't want to say it's going to help you stay on these devices for longer, but it's going to reduce the damage done. I say damage. I reduce the damage done um, by these lights, you know. So when it comes to 6, 7 p.m. In the, in the evening, I put these blue light blockers on. I've got a clear pair that I could wear during the day if I need to, and I'm doing a lot of strenuous eye work on, on the on the laptop, on the phone or anything. And I've got an orange pair. You'll see it, like some of the fit, the fitfluencers, if that even is the word, wear these orange lights, uh, orange glasses. And it was a big thing maybe about six months ago. Then the trend kind of died off. 
Um, but it's a real thing. There's some really, really good research in there. Follow RA Optics on Instagram. Check them out. They put out studies. Um, Joe Jeffrey on, on, on Instagram as well puts out studies about blue light and, and, and how it really, really does inhibit and exhibit the, the release of melatonin and how it can really, really make a difference um, across the board across the board um, and this idea of circadian rhythm is dictated by light and we can be in control of that um, whether it's blackout blinds whether it's timed blinds you know whether it's blue light blockers whether it's just keeping things a little bit dim whether you're just using candlelight instead um, we know that actually blocking some of this artificial blue light is going to be very very beneficial now I've talked that's talking a little bit about the the negatives of the blue light in the evening but let's talk about the positives right the best fucking thing that you could possibly do is get the blue light from sunrise now there's different intensities of blue light or light in general um Obviously, you know, sunrise is going to be a, a, a nice mild light, which is going to really kickstart your melatonin production, your circuit, circ sorry, your, your really stop your melatonin production and really kickstart um, your, your daily hormones, your testosterone boost, your, your, your upregulation into a sympathetic state. Um, all these different things if you're getting that, that massive dose of, of blue light in the morning. Um, and that blue light obviously intensifies as you get closer to midday and then again it would reduce as you go past midday and obviously clouds and all that kind of thing will affect it but we need light like your body needs light you have to think that every single cell on your body has photoreceptors um, which is why which is why actually sometimes the sleep mask doesn't work if you're in a light room because yes a big big proportion of your light photosensors are in your eyes but actually you have them on your skin you have them everywhere so if you're in light anyway you, your body's going to feel it and you're going to stop that melatonin release um, so that is something to consider um, but you but getting a huge dose or a nice big dose of of light in the day um, i cannot tell you how good it feels um, committing to grounding which is kind of the the eradic the eradication of free meth uh, free electrons and all that kind of stuff through the grounding effect which is essentially just being at one with the ground with no electrons on you um, completely touching the ground grass if you can barefoot and it'll kind of discharge your electrons into the earth and your exchange electrons through the thing since i've started doing that alongside being expo and exposing myself to the sun as much as i can whenever the sun's out i'll wear shorts and, and t-shirts don't get me wrong i'm still protecting myself from the sunburn and uv rays but I'm, I'm exposing myself to as much of this natural blue light as possible so it can help me in that circadian rhythm and, and stop that melatonin release when I don't want it to be and it can promote the melatonin release when I need it to be there. Um, so where you can guys, um, here are some tips for you office workers, sit by a window. Um, it really, really like, if you look at the power of the light that you get from, because you need light, right? You need light, it's, it's, part, of, it's part of the process of, of life. Um, you need light to kind of do stuff. Um, you can get mild benefits from being very, very mild benefits from being in like in, in an indoor light. But if you look at the power of that indoor light versus the sunlight, it's just blown away by the sun, right? So if you're in an inside building in the middle of London, not much light coming in is all artificially lit. Where you can sit by a window, where you can go for a walk in the park and 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 you know take your suit jacket off and roll your sleeves up, I'm telling you, it's going to give you a massive, massive benefit. If any of you want to look a little bit more into the power of light. 
you can Google The Power of Light. There's an amazing article called The Power of Light. Um, but there's also some amazing research into, into circadian rhythm and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, I don't want to j delve too crazy into it. Um, one, because when you do talk about these complicated things um, in terms of like hormone releases and, and natural life cycles and, 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 and circadian rhythm, I don't want to go say something wrong and for someone to comment on this thing and be like, you're wrong, it doesn't do this. So I'm just going to stick with what I know get as much exposure from the sunlight as you can safely um, if you've got skin cancer probably don't do that um, really try and stay away from artificial blue light before bed use some blue light blockers if you haven't install apps like flux on your macbook on your iphone um, and anything like that because it will take out the blue light in fact you can now get programs that will completely take the blue light and you'll get like a red phone um, literally everything will be red and you can take take out the blue light completely this can help um, but a lot of these biohackers a lot of these guys who are looking at longevity and living forever they're doing these things religiously um, so I'd, I'd very very much look into it light is a powerful tool um, for your sleep for your recovery for your inflammation um, and there's a lot of research to back it okay that was the power of light now I want to talk about something that's, that's, that, that probably could come over as quite savage. And I want to talk about why you're not cut out for bodybuilding. And this is going to be directed at people who want to be the best at bodybuilding. This is not directed at people who want to try bodybuilding because there's, I think there's two different categories. If you want to give it a go and you want to try it and you want, you know, cool, that's cool. But if you want to be the best and you cheat on your diet, and you cannot control yourself post-show, and you cannot control yourself two weeks out, and you cannot control yourself when you're given free reign, you are not a cutout to be a bodybuilder. That is that. If your coach sets you something, you binge on your food, you come back the next day, you say, sorry, I binge, let's get back on plan, you are not cut out to be a bodybuilder, and people are not going to hear that. And, and, and take that nicely because I'm sure there's going to be people who have done that um, and, 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 and who have taken that route. That's not to say that you can't be a bodybuilder because you can get over the aspect that you've got with binging and, and not sticking to your diet and all this kind of stuff and you can grow from it. I've been there the first couple of years. I've been there. Um, and it was probably a portion of time when I was just trying bodybuilding. But when I knew I wanted to do it, why the fuck are you cheating? If you want to be a millionaire, why are you avoiding tax? Why are you cheating here? Why are you cheating on your client? Why are you being shady to your client? Like, you're not. Because if you do that, you lose integrity, you lose your progress, and you lose your momentum. It's the same thing with bodybuilding. It's going to be very, very savage for a lot of people to hear. But until you're at that position where... When someone asks you, how do you deal with cravings? And then you just don't have an answer because you just don't, you just deal with it. Like I don't deal, I don't have a way that I deal with cravings. I just don't have to deal with them because I, my goal is bigger than, oh my God, I need to deal with cravings. Do you know, like I need to have some low calorie jelly because no, 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 no. My goal is bigger than that. And I know what I want to do. Um, this, this, this is related to bodybuilding right now, but you can translate this to everything. If you want to be the best at what you can be and you're cheating, you know, 
I, I say cheating because we call it a cheat on the a cheat, cheating on the diet. But if you're missing steps and you're falling off the plan and you're not being relentless, you don't really want it. You don't want it as bad as you think you want it. If you're saying that, um, and it's going to be very very harsh um, for a lot of people to hear. I've got some clients that have done it, and they're probably going to be listening to this. So guys, I'm really really sorry, but this is the harsh reality. This this doesn't mean that. If you've eaten off your plan, if you've binged off your plan, if you've had six, seven thousand calories when you're supposed to have three, it doesn't mean that you can't be a bodybuilder and, and that you're not cut out for a bodybuilder. It just it, it just means that right now you're not. And, and that's the reality of it. And, and I think a lot of people go into these dieting phases and, and thinking, I want to cut, I want to compete. And they don't actually realize what it fucking brings. Like it brings unbelievable hunger, which you just have to switch off and not talk about. It brings unbelievable food focus, which you have to switch off and not talk about. It causes problems, it causes tempers, it causes moods, it causes stress. And if you're not equipped to deal with it and you're crumbling under the stress, that is your life, you, your circumstances telling you you are not ready to be a bodybuilder. Um, and, and, and it's... It's, it's a hard concept for a lot of people to swallow. And, and it's, it's very, very, uh, you gotta swallow your pride. You know, if you're doing something, you know, say for example, you're working towards a prep and then stress builds, you really, like you're starting to think, fuck me, this is gonna be hard. I've got 10 more weeks left. I've still got to balance my seven day a week job, my girlfriend, my and you can't do it and you start to implode. It's so difficult to step back and say, okay, I'm not going to do it. And, and, and I have the most up, I have the most utmost respect for anyone who can step back from a prep or anyone who can step back from a goal to say, I need to come back at this when I'm ready. That is the hardest thing for anyone to say. And that will determine whether you're ready for bodybuilding or not. If you're falling off plan and 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 you'll just keep going and you'll relentlessly keep going but you keep relentlessly falling off plan and and you cannot get out of this cycle you are not meant for bodybuilding you should not be a bodybuilder at least at least to be competing at the top level do you hear about phil heath cheating on his diet do you hear about jeremy bundia cheating on his diet do you hear about any of these guys who have got olympias under their belt cheating on the diet no you you never hear it because it doesn't happen it's not a thing once you adopt this mentality, it's just not a thing. However, if you have the ability to recognize that you're not in a position to to pursue the goal that you have with the, you know, without having to fall off plan, without having the stress, and you can identify that and you can step away from that before the implosion or like after an implosion, that is the difference. That is a big, big difference. Um, as to if you're ready for bodybuilding or not that just recognizing that maybe you're not ready for bodybuilding you can go away and come back when you are and I think that's a big thing that a lot of people are not considering is that if you're not ready to put everything on the line it sounds very extreme but trust me until you've had shredded glutes and you cannot sit down on a fucking seat without a big big cushion and you know how that feels hormonally physically emotionally mentally you do like you don't have a place until you know what that feels like and it's and it's it's not for everyone not many people can get through that process without falling off the bandwagon and if you can and you do 
in my opinion, you're built for bodybuilding and you, and you are ready for it. Um, so yeah, that is what I wanted to say about it. It, it, it. I I had this in my head because I get a lot of messages. I get a lot of messages about, so the way I do these podcasts is if, if I get something that triggers me in terms of like, oh, that'd be a good topic, you know, I'll write it down. And I literally just wrote down why you're not cut out for bodybuilding. And this was from someone who messaged me and he was just like, I want to be the best. I want to do this, but I can't stop eating off my plan. You're not cut out to be a bodybuilder because you can't eat off your plan. Do you know what I mean? Like, this is what triggered me. And I get a lot of how do you stay motivated? How do you stay on food? How do you train hard when you're tired? How do you do cardio when you're like you're not cut out for bodybuilding that's my answer do you know what i mean like it's very very difficult um to explain how i stay motivated when all i think about is my goal you know that is how i stay motivated because i have this goal and until i think you get the goal or you understand the goal or you have this goal whether it's business life money whatever it is you're not going to work relentlessly to it you know um, and I think understanding that concept of working relentlessly to that goal will change your life, will change your life. Um, so yeah, that's what I want to talk about in terms of bodybuilding and why the fuck you're not cut out for it. <laughs> um, but don't take that as a negative if you have fallen off plan, if you have binged um, or anything like that. Just take it as a learning curve and take it as a, I'm not ready yet, but you know what? I can come back and I can come ready when I'm more mature. I'm metabolically in a better place I'm physically in a better place guys consider that the more muscle mass you have um the easier it is to cut and that's the reality of it if I look at my coach Callum um he he's had seven eight nine really really high carb days seven eight hundred carb days and he's 100 110 kilo plus you know I had one or two at 85 kilos you know the heavier and the bigger you get the easier it gets in terms of cutting and um, the more food you get to eat obviously the relativity is still there and it's still fucking hard um but just know like the harder you go away and work in the off season the better it is in in, in the competition season that's all i want to talk about in terms of bodybuilding um and the final topic is going to be passively doing something versus actively doing something but first I need to finish my 3D. Oh, the white one's good. The white one is creeping up on the blue one. But it's definitely blue first, white second, maybe orange, then purple, then maybe green. Just for anyone asking. So, I was talking to this yesterday um, with a guy called Mitch, Mitchell, Mitchell Moore, and I, I trained with him yesterday. He's a really, really positive guy. It was so nice to talk to him, talk about ideas and, and, and just him coming up in the industry and all this kind of stuff and how he's skipping a lot of the mistakes that I made, which is fucking cool. Um, but I was talking to him about, well, he asked me this question. He goes, when did you start like thinking about growing you, growing you everything? And I said, you know what? Like I was so, I was so passively growing my Instagram and YouTube for so long that I missed out on so fucking much growth at the time when it could have been so valuable to me. Um, obviously, in hindsight, I got to take it what it is. And, and actually, he came back with a really, really good response. He goes, you know what? If you didn't go the route you wouldn't, the route you did, you wouldn't be where you are. And that's true. But I passively grew my Instagram to 10,000 followers. I didn't consciously do that. I just knew that I was posting every now and again. You know, every, literally every other day a couple times a week and, and i and i knew that i had to keep posting it and sometimes i'd forget you know maybe i'll do one video a week on youtube maybe i'll do one maybe i'll do two and that was a good week and and i passively grew these things because i wasn't fully confident in what i was doing and i wasn't i wasn't 
I wasn't all in on what I was doing because I was still thinking about my future. I was still thinking about this isn't bringing me money right now. I was still thinking about what's my mum and dad going to say when all they think I've been doing is playing on Instagram. And I had this hesitation and 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 in stuck in gear three, you know, and, and I needed to get into gear four and gear five and into gear six. And I just couldn't for this whatever reason, um, you know, whatever the circumstances were at the time, I was just passively doing stuff. And it was just so detrimental to my progress in hindsight. Um, I could have just been going crazy. And you know what? I didn't actively, actively go to do something about my Instagram until maybe the middle of last year when I had about 12,000 followers. And then what happened? I got another 18, and I got another 20,000 followers in in a tenth of the time it took me to get to 10,000, literally a tenth of the time, because I was actively doing something and I was consciously working towards a goal. And it didn't matter where I was at the time. It didn't matter how much engagement I got. If I think about it, 10,000 followers, I only had 180 likes, I only had 190 likes. And that's because for whatever reason, maybe my content wasn't as good. Maybe my 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 brand wasn't as good. Maybe my personality wasn't as good. But I've driven that interaction rate up so high um, versus where it was, along with the followers, because I've been actively doing it and I've stuck to that goal and I've been confident in the goal and I knew what I wanted to fucking do. Um, and it's made such a difference in my life to actively think, I want to grow this. I want to I make this work. What am I going to do to make this look better? What am I going to do to improve my my service to you guys, my content to you guys. So you guys would have seen my podcast now come out twice a week, once a week. My YouTube videos now three or four times a week. My Instagram is now every single day. And these little wins towards actively growing my empire and my things and my, my, my goals was the biggest thing I'd ever done. And I think a huge part of that was, was self-belief and having it. And I think a big part of me getting my self-belief and me me having it was was a, was a lot to do with the people around me, and and I never really had someone who was just fully in for me um, and supported me and backed me, whatever. Other than my mumsy, of course, shout out mumsy, um, who just backed me fucking no matter what, regardless if I was wrong or not. Um, but my girlfriend gave me so much confidence, and I know I talk about her a lot, and I know that I say she's my motivation and my idol, and she's probably sick of hearing it. Um, but just having someone unconditionally back you, but also give their, like, obviously it's a little bit biased because she's, she's my lady, but it, it, it comes over as very, very unbiased advice from someone who's not necessarily in the fitness industry as well, um, but with your best interests interest at heart, but fully backing, fully backing what I was going for and the vision and having someone who, who you talk to on a regular basis who fully backs you is unreal and I think that was something that really really held me back when I was younger and I was trying to do this is is I had people say oh you should make videos and duh, 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 but like no one who was there every day saying how was business how was this how was that why don't you try this why don't you try that oh my god this is so good you know and having that full person or entity <laughs> um, constantly backing you and I think I think a lot of it has to do with you going out to find that and, and having these conversations with people because to a certain extent, 
no one's going to start talking to you about your business and how you're going to grow it and, and different ideas unless you bring it to them. So one thing I do now with my mum is like, oh, I did this, I did this this week and I talked to this person this week. For example, at the moment, I'm trying to find a wealth manager, right? Um, so I talk to her and I say, look, this is everything they sent to me. Da, 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 da. And I go out my way to have these conversations of self-growth. And I go out my way to have these conversations of where am I going wrong? Do you think this is a good idea? This is what I plan for the future. This is the route that I think I can take. And I can't tell you how many times I've gone, oh yeah, that's wrong. Because all I've had to do is communicate it to two people who I know back me to the end. And they've just gone, that's a shit idea. You know, and, 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 and until you surround yourself with people who are gonna tell you honestly, but also back you honestly, um, and you make that mental switch from from just trying something and thinking, yeah, I want to grow it, but you know what? It's not growing as quickly as I thought, and it's been hard, and I've only got 20 followers this week, and oh, I only got I got 60 likes on this photo this week, but I only got 50 this week. Like, what's happening? You know? Guess what? It goes up. It goes down. You have shit periods. You have good periods, but until you actively go for it, you won't understand that. I've been actively doing this now for over a year, actively growing everything for over a year. I've seen my channel drop in views. I've seen my subscribers go crazy. I've seen my channel boom. It's just part of it. You've just got to play the game and you've got to keep thinking about the long game and actively chasing it. For example, my last five videos, I've all hit 16 to 17,000 views. If I go back five videos before that, they were all 30 to 35,000 views. For whatever reason, whether it's the algorithm who favored me, whether it's the thumbnails, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that I've got nearly half the views on those videos. It's still 17,000 people. If for you it's relative, if you've still got 35 people that have liked your photo versus 70, that is a classroom. That is a, that is a bigger classroom than you probably went to school with and they're sat there in front of you listening. Every single one of those people knows another 10 people. That thir those 30 people can potentially link you to 300 people. Those 300 people, 3,000, 3,000, 30,000, you get me? So until you actively seek growth, positivity towards your goal, you are going to hold yourself back like a motherfucker. So please, if there's anything you take from this podcast, cut that snip loose that's holding you back and giving you that hesitant, that hesitant feeling and that in uncertainty take the plunge, plunge the fuck out of it for six months, seven months, a year. If you're not getting any feedback, you can reassess your plan. But I guarantee you're gonna get some fucking feedback as soon as you start giving out to the world what you wanna get back. And, and it's some hippie shit, give out the vibes you wanna get. It's some hippie shit, but trust me, it works. Um, it's been working, it is working, and I'm very, very grateful that it is working. Finally, guys, I want to finish up on a bit of a story time. Um, it's probably the least impressive story so far, but this is the time that I let my friend drive my car and then he got crashed into. And the, the, the madness of trying to make him, make the guy who crashed into him think that he was me. And then tried to pass off the driving license as me was fucking crazy. So I had a Peugeot 206. Um... And I let my let my friend drive it. He comes back in with just this dead face, and I'm like, "Ah, uh, what's wrong, bro?" And he's just like, "Someone just crashed into your car." I'm just like, "Ah, fuck!" Immediately in England, if someone crashes into your car and you're not insured, and it's someone else driving it, like you just get fucked. Like I would have got fucked. My the guy driving would have got fucked. He was an international student, didn't have a license. 
was on fucking on a visa like he would have just been absolutely wrote off and this guy he, he wanted to come down and just see the damage and, and and let me get a quote or let let the guy get a quote he he managed to come he comes in he goes I told him I was you, told him I didn't have my driving license on me, told him I didn't have my insurance details on me, just told him my name, as in Josh Bridgman. Um, and he goes, okay, can you get me an invoice? Can you get me your driving license? Can you get me your insurance numbers? I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. Like, like he, so my friend is there learning my dresses, my, my date of births, all while I'm thinking, you don't look anything like me. This insurance, this driving license is not going to look like you. I'm shitting myself. We go get a quote. The quote's like £700. I'm like, ah, like, I'm going to I'm gonna have to pay this. I'm going to have to just say, don't worry about it. Um, anyway, the guy turns up outside the house and I'm upstairs in the annex, like uh, upstairs in the skylights, just looking over, trying to hear and trying to listen. Looking at this guy, look at my car with my friend there trying to impersonate me. I'm just shitting myself. I'm just like, please, just fucking, ugh. Anyway, I hear him. He's like, oh, what was the damage? What do they say was wrong with it? Have you got the the receipt? He passes over the receipt. He goes, okay, great. Have you got your driving license and insurance? And, and <laughs> amazing to this guy, he goes, I do, but I don't know why you need to see it because you've crashed into me. And I'm just like, oh, and I hear it. And I'm like, oh, you fucking idiot. Don't say that because he's going to call you out. And the guy's face just goes, oh, yeah, yeah, no, you're right, you're right, sorry, sorry. Because he was getting quite aggressive and I could hear it. He goes, no, no, give me your driving license and insurance. And the guy goes, I don't want to give it to you because I don't, I, don't, I want to take your driving, he goes, I want to take your driving license and your insurance because you crashed into me. And he started getting, and my friend started to get heated and I'm like, oh my God, please stop. I was like, you got, you got a visa, you got no driving license, you're in my car, you're in the wrong. And I'm shitting myself and I'm thinking, please don't do this. And he goes on and on. They kind of go back and forth. And the guy eventually just goes, all right, don't worry about it. Hang on. Just goes to his car, comes back out, gives him a wad of set of, of, of cash, gives him 700 pound to his 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 hands. He, my friend walks back in and just looks at me with 700 pound in his hand and just fucking money throws it like in the strip club all over me and me and him are just dancing and bouncing around thinking because it was a shitty car right it was literally like a Peugeot 206 it was 2004 it was 2014 so it was 10 years old had 80,000 miles on it the guy literally scratched the bumper. It was one of those ones where they're like, okay, you've scratched the bumper. We need to take the front bumper, the side bumper, the wheel off and this off and we're going to charge you fuckloads. So I was like, fuck it. I don't care about scratching the car. So I had £700 for free. We were absolutely buzzing because of the circuit. Like that could have gone a completely different, wrong, completely different way. And we were so lucky that it went that way. Um, moral of the story is, is don't lend your car out too often especially to people who don't have a visa in England don't have a driving license are used to driving on the other side of the road and people who are very very aggressive when they get confronted he was an Arab guy so this guy was was going give me your driving license he goes no I'm not giving you my drive like you give me yours and, and I'm just like but you're not insured it was crazy it was amazing and it was euphoric imagine a 22 year old getting 700 pound cash for a little scratch on their car can you imagine the shit we did that night it was crazy that was a short and sweet one for you hope you guys enjoyed this podcast as always guys please drop me a subscribe please please rate me in the store and it's gonna help me boost this podcast out um, but it's been doing really really well lately you know our, our listens per or listens or downloads per per show per episode has been unreal uh, we're closing in on over a hundred thousand listens altogether um, which is amazing i think average is like five thousand views 
uh, or downloads a, a podcast, which is insane. Um, thank you guys for the constant support. You are fucking awesome. Peace and love. I will speak to you very soon. Goodbye.